It's another landmark episode of WCW Nitro this week on Reliving the War. It's the 10th of June 1996. Raw is on the USA Network and the WWF are still showing tape matches from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Nitro is live tonight on TNT and the WCW show is being held in Wheeling, West Virginia. Let's look at the first 60 minutes of WCW Nitro and we'll give out the first point. Larry Sabisco and Tony Schiavone announced that our main event will feature, get this, Joe Gomez and the Renegade versus Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. Apparently Kevin Green and Mongo McMichael are going to pay special attention to this tag team main event. Scott Norton's going to get a title shot later on in the show against the Giant. And we also see a recap of Scott Hall and Sting's interaction last week. Schiavone says that he looks forward to Scott's big surprise later on the show. Scott Steiner then defeated Booker T in an excellent opening match. Scott got the win with an overhead belly-to-belly suplex. Mean Gene interviews Steiner, and it's announced that the Steiners will take on Fire and Ice once again at the Great American Bash. Deborah McMichael interrupts the promo, and Deborah says that she's worried that her husband will do something crazy at the Great American Bash. Oh, I'm sure he will. Deborah blames herself for this situation Mongo has got himself in, and she says she would prefer if the match got called off. Mean Gene says he will speak with Bobby Heenan later and they'll come to some sort of an agreement. Diamond Dallas Page defeated Jim Powers next with the Diamond Cutter, as DDP continues getting pushed on TV. It seems to be working by the way, the fans are slowly getting behind Diamond Dallas Page. WCW then gives a little backstory regarding the upcoming Kevin Sullivan vs Chris Benoit match at the Great American Bash. It's all about Sullivan's weird relationship with the Four Horsemen. We even see clips of the respect match with Brian Pillman. Not a lot to say here, WCW kinda built this rivalry away from Nitro, so it's hard to appreciate it while only watching Monday Night Shows. We then see clips of Conan in action. Mean Gene interviews the US champion afterwards and Conan reveals that he's wrestling El Gato at the Great American Bash. Standard stuff, nothing special. Conan says El Gato is a legend in South America, but El Gato is really Patsanaga, so yeah... Thanks for totally lying to us. Elgato is now a popular video capture device. Sting and Ming, try saying that five times fast. Sting and Ming, Sting and Ming. But Sting and Ming had a short match next and the Stinger got the win with the Scorpion Deathlock. Mean Gene is then shown with Debra and Bobby Heenan. Debra says she wants to talk to Ric Flair in order to get this match cancelled. The door closes, we hear Debra scream, she runs out and then Flair and Anderson attack Gomez and the Renegade in the corridor. Hacksaw Jim Duggan then defeats Dave Taylor with the taped fist. It lasted around two minutes and it was a complete waste of time. It was announced during this match though that Sting and Luger would replace Joe Gomez and the Renegade in tonight's main event. Big Bubba gets interviewed by Mean Gene Okerlund next. He's still holding John Tenta's hair. And Bubba says he gave the world a reason to laugh in John Tenta's face instead of behind his back a few weeks ago. Tenta vs Bubba is made official for the Great American Bash. The first 60 minutes comes to an end with Mean Gene Okerlund interviewing Scott Norton. We see a replay of the giant chokeslamming Norton last week. And Scott says he isn't afraid of the giant and he's eager to take away the big man's WCW championship. There's a lot of stalling next as the little stick of dynamite appears once again and Nitro then goes into our number two. 
I'm giving Nitro the unopposed point here, plenty going on, the opening match was really good, and the only real dud was the Hacksaw Jim Duggan match. Raw kicks off with Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler making a few announcements. The Undertaker is going to face the British Bulldog in tonight's main event, and Jerry Lawler is going to present the Ultimate Warrior with some artwork that the King himself painstakingly created. Yokozuna is already in the ring, so let's look at our first matches. We have Scott Norton vs The Giant, while the WWF gives us a King of the Ring qualifier. Owen Hart vs Yokozuna. Owen Hart tries to get in a snake attack at the opening bell, but Yokozuna puts an end to that with a big right hand. Speaking of big, Vince McMahon says that Yokozuna is now weighing 666 pounds. Yoko dominates the opening portion of the match. As soon as Owen gets up, Yokozuna chops him right back down. Owen even tries to Irish whip his opponent twice, and Yokozuna simply doesn't budge. Owen takes a clothesline for his troubles. Yokozuna slams the King of Hearts to the mat, but a follow-up elbow drop misses its mark. Owen Hart then begins complaining to the referee about his, quote, injured wrist, and this allows Jim Cornette to hit Yokozuna with his trusty tennis racket. Owen even had me distracted here, I wasn't paying attention to Cornette at all. Owen then begins winding up his punches in an effort to bring Yokozuna to the mat. Right hand after right hand fails to knock down Yoko, but a spinning wheel kick does the job as the crowd begins chanting, We want Brett. Owen then misses a diving elbow. Owen tries to headbutt his opponent, but Yokozuna shows the King of Hearts how it's done. A big back elbow brings Owen down, and then Yokozuna drags Owen to the corner for the Banzai drop. It looks like it's all over, but Yokozuna loses his balance and falls from the middle rope. Owen takes advantage, and Owen picks up the win. Owen Hart continues in the King of the Ring tournament. I'm not sure if this was Vince McMahon's way of trying to embarrass Yokozuna. The big man was taken off TV after this bout, and when Yoko came back at the 1996 SummerSlam free-for-all, his match ended in a very similar way. Whatever the case, it was a poor way to end this match. Scott Norton versus The Giant for the WCW Championship. Flash Norton goes on the attack right away, but The Giant stops Norton in his tracks. We see a power slam from The Giant, and he makes it look easy. Norton isn't a small dude, but he's picked up here like a cruiserweight. Scott is then able to get in some offense when he throws his entire body weight at The Giant while the WCW Champion stands in the corner. Loads of impact here, and again, it's easy to forget how big these two guys really are when you see stuff like this. The fight then spills to the outside. Scott looks like he's in control, but that doesn't last long. The Giant nails a choke slam on the outside, and yeah, consider this one done already. The Giant rolls Norton into the ring, and it's over. The Giant wins via pinfall. I wasn't sure if it could get any worse than Owen versus Yokozuna, but it did, somehow. You didn't even get a chance to settle in for this match. Norton versus The Giant has so much potential, but WCW completely pissed it away here. It's a point for WWF for all. After the match, the Giant goes to attack Norton again, but Lex Luger makes the save. I guess he's 100% babyface now, I don't know. Giant and Luger go to Ric Flair's VIP table. Luger stops himself from getting chokeslammed by using a champagne bucket. And then the Dungeon of Doom come down the ramp. Now, we think Lex has ran away. This is the obvious assumption. The Giant screams that he's going to find Luger. And then the Dungeon of Doom go backstage to find the total package. But look, Lex just shows up at the commentary table afterwards. Are the Dungeon of Doom really that stupid? 
Luger promotes his match with the Giant at the Great American Bash, and the segment comes to an end. Billy Kidman makes his WCW debut next in a match with Lord Steven Regal, while the WWF presents Skip of the Body Donnas versus Mark Merrow in another King of the Ring qualifier. A few things to cover before the Raw match. We see some clips from a WWF house show. We see Shawn Michaels and the Ultimate Warrior in the ring. We then get an interview with Yokozuna backstage where he says he's been too focused on getting his hands on Jim Cornette and he needs to just disappear for a while. It's actually quite sad seeing this and not because of the kayfabe storyline but just because the guy was getting told to lose weight or he'd lose his job. Yokozuna even says that he isn't the same Yokozuna that dominated the World Wrestling Federation. We then see a clip from the Action Zone. It's a candid interview with Jake Roberts and Jake briefly talks about his demons and how his wife would have to sit up at night to ensure Jake didn't choke on his own vomit. Can the WWF do anything to make you feel more depressed? Well, here's Wild Man Mark Merrow versus Skip. Only joking, this one maybe has potential. Maybe. Jake Roberts is providing commentary here. I'm surprised he's allowed anywhere near Vince McMahon after that main event match last week, to be honest. Merrow and Skip both give clean breaks in the corner. A double leapfrog sequence sees Merrow pull off a hip toss, followed by two Japanese arm drags. And look at Skip's selling here. Absolutely perfect. Skip takes a breather on the outside, while Jake Roberts takes a breather on commentary. The match gets back inside the ropes and Merrow takes control of Skip's left arm. Merrow doesn't give a clean break in the corner this time, but Skip puts a stop to Merrow's offensive flurry with a boot to the mouth. Merrow gets hung up on the top rope. Skip hits a nice snap suplex followed by a diving fist from the middle rope, but then Skip finds himself perched on the top rope. A superplex attempt gets reversed and then Skip and Merrow try a double dropkick spot with Skip coming off the top rope. It didn't really pay off. Skip then drives his knee into Merrow's back before signalling for the end. Skip then goes for a top rope Frankensteiner, but Merrow holds on. A diving sunset flip gets reversed, and we get a nice little sequence here that ends with Skip hitting a clothesline on Merrow. We go to commercial break, and when we come back, Skip hits a gut wrench suplex. Sable looks on as Skip wears down Merrow on the mat, and Jake Roberts continues to provide commentary, and honestly, he's not giving me anything to work with here. Merrow fights back with a few left hands followed by a big right. A knee lift from Merrow finds its mark, but the wild man goes flying over the top rope when Skip moves out of the way. Skip's follow-up plancha fails to connect, and Merrow is able to capitalize with a senton flip from the ring to the outside. Merrow's follow-up splash only gets the wild man a two-count, but then Merrow is able to win the match with a top rope Frankensteiner. This one was pretty good. I enjoyed it anyway. This means that Owen Hart will face Mark Merrow in the quarterfinals, and we also have Justin Hawk Bradshaw versus Jake Roberts and Steve Austin versus Savio Vega. After the match, the address is shown again for those wanting to manage the body donnas. It's like, hey, would you like to manage this fucking loser who just got pinned by Mark Merrow? Billy Kidman had only been in WCW for a few months and here he is getting a big TV match against Lord Steven Regal. You have to go into this one with the right expectations. You know it's going to be a squash match and you know it's going to be short. Regal destroys Kidman right from the opening bell, but Billy fights back with a dropkick to the back of the head. This allows Kidman to also hit a tornado bulldog before the young rookie goes to the top rope. 
Kidman misses a 450 splash and his lordship's reaction afterwards is nothing but pure gold. I love this era of Lord Stephen Regal so much. Regal drills Kidman with a suplex and Billy taps out when Regal applies a modified Boston Crab while standing on poor little Billy's head. Regal's Great American Bash opponent Sting then runs down and Regal takes a slap to the face, a little payback for a few weeks ago. Regal is then left embarrassed as the segment comes to an end. It was an entertaining few minutes here on Nitro, but I'm still giving the point to Raw. The Miro vs Skip match was just better. The Public Enemy take on the Nasty Boys next on Nitro, while Jerry Lawler wants to give the Ultimate Warrior some artwork on Raw. The Ultimate Warrior comes to the ring wearing a baseball cap that advertises his Ultimate Warrior comic book. And apparently, Vince McMahon was livid when Warrior decided to wear this cap. It doesn't take a genius to work out what's going to happen here, and Vince was angry that Warrior not only gave away the end of the segment with his weak protective gear, but the Warrior just didn't look right wearing a baseball cap. People say though that this was an overreaction from Vince and the WWF, and I can see why fans would say that. It's just a baseball cap after all, but I do agree that the promotional headwear does look a little out of place on the warrior's head. Jerry Lawler says that he'd done the warrior a favour, being a king isn't all it's cracked up to be, and warrior should be thankful that he isn't progressing in the king of the ring tournament. Lawler praises the artwork found inside the Ultimate Warrior's comic book, and Jerry says that he himself is also an artist both inside and outside the ring. Jerry wants to make peace, and he presents Warrior with a portrait that Lawler himself took the time to paint. Warrior says that Lawler is indeed an artist, a con artist, and the king isn't going to talk his way out of this one. The warrior still plans on kicking Jerry's ass at the King of the Ring show. Jerry then smashes the painting over the warrior's head. We assume the king runs away because we don't see anything, we go straight to the replay instead, and the segment ends with the warrior running back up the entrance way. This one has become infamous because of the baseball cap, but all in all, it wasn't really a great promo. A video airs on Nitro that says, Our world is about to change. The words, Blood Runs Cold, get displayed as some kind of portal opens while frosting up the screen. The word Glacier is then shown. And whoever or whatever this is, I can't wait to find out more next week. You know this is the Sub-Zero guy, right? How long does this go on for? <coughs> Moving on, we have the public enemy taking on the Nasty Boys next on Nitro, and I am really struggling to find any kind of excitement for this one. It's a dirty job, but someone's got to do it. The public enemy storm the ring after the Nasty Boys' entrance. Jerry Sags just can't be asked working tonight, it seems. He doesn't even bother moving out of the way when his partner tries to ram Rocco Rock's head into the turnbuckle. We see the dreaded Nitro split screen as the four men begin beating each other up, and yeah, we've seen this all before. This is the exact same match from around a month ago or so. Nobs and Grunge eventually get in the ring while Rock and Sags fight on the outside. Absolutely nothing of interest is happening and I really do apologise if there's fans of the public enemy or the nasty boys out there. I'm sure they exist. But this is horrible. They had a decent match back at January's class show, but you only need to see the match once and you've seen it all. 
the men in the ring go through the motions as we go to commercial break and when we come back we have Rocco Rock and Brian Nobbs in the ring Grunge hits a clothesline and he doesn't follow up instead the public enemy dance in the middle of the ring Nobbs answers with a double axe handle across the back and it takes these guys forever to get back up. Heenan and Bischoff aren't even talking about the match, it's all hype for the Great American Bash. Sags gets tagged in and he cleans house. Rocco Rock decides to leave the ring and he comes back moments later holding a trash can. The spot is completely pointless as Nobbs smacks Rocco across the face and the trash can gets left on the entranceway. Back inside the ring, Sags hits a pump handle slam and Nobbs goes to follow up from the top rope. Grunge pulls Brian Nobbs down and the nasty boy hits the mat hard. And then Grunge and Sags fight on the outside. They are so tired that it feels like the match is being played in slow motion. Thankfully, the match ends when Sags throws the trash can into the ring and Nobbs uses it as a weapon. Public Enemy win via disqualification. After the bout, Sags talks to the cameraman instead of talking to the camera. This was absolutely horrible and it really comes down to WCW putting on the same match over and over and over again. The Warrior stuff was bad too, so neither show gets a point. Main event time, Sting and Luger take on Flair and Anderson on Nitro while The Undertaker battles the British Bulldog on Raw. We see the Beware of Dog finish again, getting a bit tired of seeing this too, and we get an interview with Shawn Michaels as The Undertaker makes his way to the ring. HBK says he wants to settle the score with Davy Boy Smith at the King of the Ring, standard stuff, but the interview turns way better when Jim Cornette takes a headset and the Louisville Slugger begins ripping into the WWF champion. Cornette has a surprise for Shawn Michaels. Gorilla Monsoon settled his aggravated assault charge with Clarence Mason outside of court cam cornette didn't ask for money they wanted to choose a special referee for the bulldog versus michaels match at the king of the ring sean is in shock vince said he had no idea this was going to happen and the conversation ends with cornette and jerry lawler laughing at hbk good work boys inside the ring the undertaker looks like he wants to destroy the bulldog davy tries to avoid taker and he tries to outsmart the dead man but that doesn't work. The crowd pops huge when the Phenom begins his assault and Davy Boy is forced to get out of the ring and rethink his strategy. A weak lockup results in Davy Boy taking more punishment and the number one contender isn't looking so good as The Undertaker delivers old school. Owen Hart tries to console Diana as The Undertaker chokes Davy in the corner before delivering a big leg drop. Davy finally gets a chance to attack when he hits a back elbow and then Davy nails a vertical suplex on The Undertaker. This looked pretty good. Undertaker sits up after taking the move and Jim Cornette is beside himself on commentary. The Phenom begins fighting back but Davy shuts his opponent down with a power slam before Raw takes a commercial break. We come back to see the Bulldog applying a chin lock. Owen Hart shares a few words with Paul Bearer and it looks like Owen is using the power of his slammy the same way Bearer uses the power of the iron. Taker gets to his feet but Davy hits a swinging neckbreaker followed by a leg drop. The Undertaker sits right back up. Davy then applies another chin lock. This is quickly becoming Davy's favourite move. And the match gets slowed way down and I mean it gets slowed 
way down. It takes around two minutes before The Undertaker gets out with a back suplex. Another minute or so is spent on the mat as the audience waits for The Undertaker to set up. The dead man goes for the tombstone, but Davey reverses with a running power slam attempt. The Undertaker gets out and a slugfest breaks out between the two men. Raw takes its final commercial break. Taker hits his jumping clothesline and the dead man follows up with the choke slam. Bulldog gets clotheslined over the top rope and the two men begin fighting on the outside. The referee begins his 10 count. Davy Boy gets back in the ring but Mankind appears from under the ring and he holds onto the Undertaker's leg. Davy Boy Smith wins via countout and after the match, the Undertaker takes a beating from Mick Foley. Jim Cornette tells Owen and Davy to get away from Mankind as the beating continues. And Monday Night Raw comes to an end with The Undertaker getting planted in the middle of the ring with a pile driver. Very average stuff here from the World Wrestling Federation. I do like that Mankind is being allowed to gain an upper hand over The Undertaker, but the main event match here also felt very generic. Over on Nitro, we get a recap of the whole Mongo and Green vs Anderson and Flair stuff that's been going on. We get to see the Macho Man show up during Mongo and Green's training, and Randy Savage is pumped up and ready to go. Randy's gonna teach these guys the ropes in preparation for the Great American Bash, and again, Kevin Green's enthusiasm is so infectious. Sting and Lex Luger vs Flair and Anderson then, another bout we've seen before on Nitro, but unlike the public enemy and the Nasty Boys, these guys can actually you know, put on wrestling matches. Remember too that this was supposed to be Joe Gomez and the Renegade in the main event, but now Flair and Anderson have managed to get themselves a tag team title match. Flair tries to push Sting around before the opening bell, but Sting's having none of it. The total package and the Nature Boys start things off and immediately, Flair brings Luger to the corner for some knife-edge chops. Luger screams at Flair, Flair tries to run away, and the Nature Boy takes a press slam for his troubles. Luger makes quick work of Flair and the Enforcer, and the Horsemen take their regular time out on the outside to gain their composure. Back inside the ring, Luger destroys the Nature Boy with another press slam. Rick then takes the corner bump and Sting nails Flair on the apron. Nate gets suplexed into the ring, Lex misses an elbow drop, and the Enforcer and the Stinger get tagged in. Double A overpowers Sting, but Sting outsmarts his opponent. Basic stuff, but fundamentally sound. A leapfrog sequence ends with Sting hitting a face crusher, and Ric Flair comes in to take yet another press slam. The Nature Boy then grabs a steel chair from his broken VIP section, and Double A comes out too to take another break. We come back from commercials and Double A is having a hard time keeping up with Luger and Sting. The Nature Boy stares a hole through the Stinger after getting tagged into the match, but unfortunately, Flair isn't able to do much damage. Sting misses a Stinger splash, but he's able to follow up when Flair goes to the top rope. Flair then hits the mat hard after a superplex as Bobby Heenan tries to coach the horseman from the commentary desk. Arn breaks up a pin attempt and Flair delivers a thumb to the eye before Double A gets tagged back in. The Enforcer hits his signature spinebuster, but Sting kicks out at two. The two men test each other's strength on the mat, but this ends with Anderson taking Sting's knees right in the balls. Anderson sells it very, very well. Flair comes back into the match, but his back gives out when going for a suplex. Anderson makes sure that Sting can't capitalize, and even when Sting gets the upper hand, the referee is distracted by Lex Luger. 
We come back from the final commercial break and Snick Rick is taking care of Sting on the outside. Sting desperately needs to tag out as Double A goes for a Vader bomb. Sting gets his knees up again and finally Lex gets tagged in along with Ric Flair for the final time in this match. Luger cleans house, Flair takes press slam number four and you can see the audience standing and looking at the entranceway. Out comes the giant and a fight breaks out between the WCW champion and Lex Luger. Scott Steiner shows up and the giant gets nailed with a wooden chair and the giant decides to back up when Sting, Luger and Steiner begin beating him up. So we have another match on Monday Night Row that's been thrown out. On the rampway, Mean Gene interviews the Giant and the Giant says that Luger will pay at the Great American Bash and the total package is going to leave the pay-per-view on a stretcher. So which main event was better? I'm going to go with Nitro. Eric Bischoff and Bobby Heenan begin wrapping up the show and then Bobby Heenan runs away when Scott Hall shows up. Bischoff is a little more confident than usual. Eric wants to know who this big surprise is or what this big surprise is. And then Big Daddy Cool Diesel shows up. Kevin Nash says that Eric Bischoff has been out here running his mouth ever since the inception of Monday Nitro. And then he says it. This is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the adjective. Play. Look at the adjective. Okay, that's that taken care of. Big Nash says that he's the big surprise and Kevin wants to know where's WCW's three guys. Nash calls Nitro boring while mocking the main eventers of World Championship Wrestling, saying that Eric can't get guys off dialysis machines in order to come out and face this new threat. Nash asks where is Hulk Hogan and where is the Macho Man? Are they gone making episodes of Blunder in Paradise and Slim Jim commercials instead of standing up for WCW? Eric has lost all that confidence he had moments ago when he tells Kevin Nash and Scott Hall that he's going to meet with WCW executives and he's going to try and get three guys together for a match. Eric then totally screws his audience by implying that the match will take place at the Great American Bash. Eric says, I'll be in the offices of WCW and I'll try to get you your fight. You know what? Live this Sunday in Baltimore, the Great American Bash. You guys want to show up? You want to fight? You show up and I'll see if I can get you your fight. Hull and Nash say that people love them in Baltimore and the two men agree to show up. Kevin Nash says that the measuring stick has changed in WCW before the show goes off the air. It's another draw this week with both shows scoring two points each. The Warrior segment and the Public Enemy match could have swayed it, but in the end, I thought both were pretty bad. WCW Nitro started off really well and they ended really well, but things were a little shaky in the midcard this week. Our overall scores are now 14 points to Raw, 17 points to Nitro, and we've now had 5 ties. Raw won in the television ratings a 2.7 over Nitro's 2.6, and that's it for Monday Night Raw. They would not get another head-to-head ratings win until April of 1998. Many people conveniently forget that WCW started their ratings domination right after Kevin Nash joined the company. 
Next week, we begin the King of the Ring quarterfinals, and we'll also have the results from WCW's Great American Bash. I hope you join me then, and I'll see you all next week.